Today's gospel reading is from Matthew chapter 21. When he entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another. If we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd, for all regard, regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And he said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, the first. And Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. The Gospel of our Lord. Linda, you may be seated. Grace and peace to you today, and um, Justin and Jenna and Lola and Leanne and Brian and Felicity, and to all your families, a special welcome to you. These are two happy girls. All I'm getting is like smiles happening um, from up here. My mom um, likes to remind me every so often that when I was younger, I vowed never to get married or wear high heels, or that I would never eat spicy food. And I have to tell you, I got a little sriracha in my kitchen. And in my mom's non-anxious presence, to all my opinionated no's was this, Beth, you don't need to decide these things for life, is what my mom always says to me. So I'm interested today, what are some of those things that you have said no to? Yes. You said no, you'll never marry Leanne? Whoa, you did. I'm glad you changed your mind. How about anybody else? What have you said no to? Yes, Deb. <gasps> yes, I would never eat raw fish. And now Deb is at Sakana eating sushi. Anything else? Yes, Terry. You'd never listen to country music. And now K102 is on your dial. How about Zumbas? Yes. I'm never going to wear those, or I'm never going to wear bell-bottom pants, or the ones I remember before Randy and I had kids. When I have kids, I'm never going to let them have a pacifier. Yeah. 
that changed. And then there are the more significant no's. No's that exclude people or no's that distant ourselves from life because of fear or domination. And our world is filled with those no's. And this story we hear today is also filled with no's. A little context, I think, would be helpful. Here in Matthew's Gospel, uh, by the 21st chapter, Jesus has entered into Jerusalem, so it's been Palm Sunday. And he's gone into the temple and knocked down all the tables of the money changers, abruptly clearing that space for worship. Now, there's a lot that Jesus does when he cleanses the temple. He offends, clearly offends. He breaks away from the status quo, and he claims new access to God. Not only through the temple can people receive God's presence, but through Jesus himself. Now, rightfully so, those scribes and Pharisees and chief priests that we hear about are not accustomed to hearing no's or to be open to new way of doing things. Their role was to keep order and to be the bearers of knowledge, the experts of how to live the commandments of God so people could live rightly. Now these leaders come to Jesus while Jesus is teaching in the temple and they ask him, by what authority are you doing these things and who gave you this authority? Jesus responds to their question with another question and brings them back to John the Baptist. John, the one who was out in the wilderness baptizing people in the River Jordan, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now, many people said no to John, thinking he was crazy or just out for himself. But others, and they were a lot of them, heard John's cry for repentance and baptism as a way forward for them. They heard it as an opportunity to claim a way to free them from their past and all the no's that have defined them. As much as the Pharisees are saying no to Jesus, they realize they, can, they cannot ask, answer Jesus' questions without looking bad themselves. So they re resign to responding out of fear and losing their own authority. And then in this tricky little passage, Jesus continues with some teaching. There's a father and two sons. Their father invites both into the vineyard to work. The first son says, no, thank you, and then changes his mind. The second son says, yes, of course, and never follows through. Jesus' question, which son has done the will of my father? If you think about it, both seem to fall short. I mean, the best answer would be yes, and then to go and do it. Jesus' question maybe can be simplified in this way. Which is more important, what you say or what you do? There are claims for both, I would guess. But there's something in this story that seems to convey about 
changing one's mind and taking action in a way that maybe we were first opposed to or not interested in, and that showing up and engaging matters. The glimmer of hope is that Jesus reveals the grace in the know, room to change our minds. The father in this story freely invites both son into the vineyard, not to work out of obligation, but instead to experience what it is like to grow into ten vines, to stomp on grapes, to touch soil, to create something that someone else can consume and savor. To say yes and to not follow through misses the abundance of life. We now have a middle schooler in our house, and one nugget of wisdom shared by the teachers that I have heard over this last week is that every new sixth grader should try some new activity. Obviously, those, these teachers are well-seasoned, and their experience knows that the vastness and complexity of middle school diminishes when you meet other kids and when you stretch yourself to try new things and when you're a part of a team or a group. This is where growth happens and where community and relationships are built. And so maybe for today, that's our call to engage in this life and to participate, but Jesus takes it further for us. God comes into this world to enter our empty promises, our lack of follow-through, to bestow grace in our own nose. Our past cannot define our future. The abundance of this life is not found in serving ourselves, but in serving others. Instead of looking inward, it's looking outward. The call to the vineyard simply begins at baptism for us. Water and God's promise send us forth in this life. Each of us are chosen and called. And God doesn't want us to miss that journey in the vineyard to bear fruit. But too soon, our failings and our no's and our lack of follow-through and the world's power will take hold. And so we need to go back to this again. We're never finished hearing and claiming this promise that God is at work with his grace through our nose to be called back into the vineyard. It's ongoing. So after the baptisms of Lola and Felicity, we're invited today to remember our own baptism. And so today, bring your lack of follow-through your empty promises, all that you are searching for, the ways you have said no to other people, and find God's grace in the no. You get to change your mind so you don't miss the abundance of this life. Amen. <laughs>